0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. While consumer interest in where food comes from and how it's produced has been growing in recent years, an influential leader in the organic industry says the coronavirus pandemic has turbocharged shoppers' interest in local, organic, and sustainably produced products, as well as alternative distribution channels. Gary Hirschberg, who co-founded Stonyfield Organic and is on the board of numerous Better For You and Organic companies, explains that as Americans continue to avoid traditional grocery retailers for fear of being exposed to COVID-19, they're discovering the extraordinary bounty of products that they can get through their local food ecosystems, including products promoted as healthier for them and the planet. According to Hirschberg, this shopping shift has helped many smaller and organic farms avoid some of the woes of their larger conventional counterparts, such as leaving produce on the field or dumping milk for lack of ways to process or distribute them before they spoil. But he says organic farmers still face plenty of challenges, and many need a helping hand, similar to the one that USDA has extended to some conventional farmers. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Hirschberg and Stonyfield farmer Rhonda Miller Goodrich of Mollybrook Farm describe the impact of the ongoing pandemic on the organic industry including how Stonyfield's direct supply program has helped farmers navigate the shifting landscape and where aid from USDA could help. They also share where they see consumer shopping trends headed as they try to stay healthy during and after the pandemic. Like many Americans, Hirschberg is intimately familiar with the fear, grief, and uncertainty that comes from watching loved ones battle and sometimes lose to COVID-19. But he says every crisis has a silver lining, and for him, the pandemic's silver linings include people rediscovering local food and the role it can play in their health and disease prevention.
1: I have lost four friends in this crisis, and I have many friends. At the latest count, I think it's seven or eight who are suffering from the virus. So I don't, I don't want to be light footed about this, but, but you know, with every crisis, there is a silver lining, and. Uh, my, I'm a, uh, a, I own a, a piece of land here in Canterbury, New Hampshire, with a small organic diversified farm uh, who normally at this time of year would be, would be looking at about a, a freezer with about eight months of beef and lamb in it and, and pork, and they're emptied out. They're wiped out. Every CSA uh, here in uh, New Hampshire and in Vermont uh, is, can, it has long waiting lists now, of customers. Our co-op uh, cannot keep in stock with local. Um, and again, and on and on and on. And uh, this is because, again, people, again, it's silver lining. People are recognizing or, or, or figuring out uh, that they we are what we eat, that Eating organic and eating well is actually preventative health care, and everyone's obsessed now, of course, with keeping our families safe. And Americans all over the country have been discovering the extraordinary bounty of products that you can actually get through other channels. Um, and so I don't want to pretend this is all co-ops and CSAs only. We, Our sales at, at Costco and Walmart and, and Safeway and and, Ahold and and Hannaford and all the biggest customers, Whole Foods, have all also gone absolutely crazy, as have my other organic colleagues. But, uh, but for sure, uh, people are appreciating what we can grow locally as maybe never before in my career.
0: Miller-Goodrich agreed, noting that more people are approaching her as a farmer, looking for options and insights on what to eat and where to buy food.
2: We have had so many requests for people... You know, coming to us saying, can you give us some milk out of your tank? Can you, you know, we have some chickens, you know, some hens, you know, they they want to buy eggs. Us. People are really starting to think about their food in a different way than we've experienced before.
0: In addition to local, Hirschberg says demand for organic is up. An April 15th report from the Organic Produce Network confirmed that total organic dollars increased 22.1% from March last year which is significantly higher than the dollar increase of 8% for the quarter. Likewise, it notes that 25.8% increase in organic volume purchased in March also outpaced the 22% growth of conventional options in the same period. Hirschberg explained that this increase is driven in part by the health proposition that organic offers.
1: Consumers have figured out that if you're going to keep your family safe, the first Way you do it is you avoid unnecessary toxins and pesticides. Um, organic has always been about animal health and soil health and paying farmers a proper price, but obviously it's always been about human health. And we we now we know whether you're looking at cancers or viruses that uh, immune uh, systems are very uh, much impacted by the uh, accumulated amount of toxin that you get in your body. And so organic has surged, uh, Elizabeth, during this this period. And certainly uh, dairy has been a part of that.
0: For example, Hirschberg says demand for Stonyfield's large 32-ounce tubs of yogurt are selling at a rate the likes of which he has not seen in his 37 years in business.
1: Uh, obviously more people at home, um, more mouths to feed, but also I think, uh, let people are not going out obviously. And so they're using yogurt more as an ingredient and, uh, you know, cooking, making cheeses and so forth. Our, our website has been extremely robust with people looking for new ideas, new ways. You know, some of it is just entertainment for families at home who are going stir crazy, but, um, There's two main drivers here. Uh, One is the probiotics. Uh, We see this across the industry right now. Uh, Products that have probiotic or immune boosting uh, uh, qualities uh, that that are being uh, endorsed or sanctioned by doctors, homeopaths, uh, preventative healthcare specialists. The other thing, though, that we Offer and I, the reason I stress the 32 hours is people are looking for value right now. Um, I had on my I, do, I run my uh, uh, my podcasts. Uh, sorry, my webinars on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's through the Hirschberg Entrepreneurship Institute, and I've had the leading wholesalers and natural retailers in the country on a bunch of podcasts lately. And the uh, the heads of purchasing for the Independent Natural Food Retailers Association, which is a $2 billion association of independent natural foods retailers, and the head of purchasing for the national co-op grocers, all the food co-ops across the country, again, another couple billion dollars of sales, are saying that what is really moving off their shelves right now uh, are, uh, are value uh, packs, multiples, uh, 12 packs, where you get a, a discount. Why? Because obviously, there's enormous amounts of financial insecurity out there now. You look at the entire hospitality industry and all the support services, they've lost their incomes, or they're worried uh, about even coming back. Many Americans are still waiting for employment benefits. Um, We don't know if we're heading into a deeper recession or something even worse here. And so families have tightened their belts. And that's why for us, uh, our large-size uh, containers are doing extremely well, whereas our, our single-serves, which tend to be a little bit uh, higher price premium, again, because we're paying the proper price to farmers, unlike a lot of the conventional ones. But but, uh, but nonetheless, that higher price is less uh, attractive right now. And so um, we've had to pivot uh, uh, our uh, production of small single serve. Uh, containers uh, over to the larger size to, to meet that growing demand And of course we're getting uh, you know requests uh, from uh, for um, uh, multi packs uh, to do two, four, six uh, containers at a time, whole cases. And so that's why you, you see uh, you know some of the larger wholesalers, the club stores, some of these online grocers, uh, all uh, you know also doing well with bulk, and again, this is not just in dairy. Uh, we're seeing this everywhere. My my friends in the organic rice space are saying that they're, it's their larger bags of rice that are really flying off the shelves.
0: Consumer demand for products they perceive as healthier has helped insulate the organic dairy industry from some of the same challenges that have plagued its conventional counterpart, including lower prices at the farm gate and an inability to quickly redirect product from food service to retail.
1: Uh, Organic farmers are not dumping their milk. Um, The Organic uh, has has not suffered losses. And the reason for that is that, um, for the most part, because organic costs more, we don't have such a high percentage of organic dairy going to food service, i.e. restaurants and cafeterias, places that are no longer open, right, and serving. Uh, conventional dairy, because it is lower priced, um, has a very high percentage. Nearly 20% of conventional milk was going into food service channels. And, of course, those dried up overnight. And that's left these farmers literally high and dry.
0: Hirschberg adds that Organic's unique business model, including Stonyfield's direct supply program, have also helped protect the segment and individual farmers, such as Miller Goodrich.
1: Fonda and Miles. Are uh, they are part of what we call our direct supply. So to be clear, we buy eighty percent of our milk from Organic Valley, the crop cooperative out of Wisconsin. But of course, um, there's an enormous number of crop members in here in the Northeast. Most of our milk comes from Vermont, and uh, but we did uh, create uh, a program in 2014 as part of of an effort to grow and strengthen organic dairy in the Northeast of of developing a relationship with specific farms uh, who were willing to join us. And again, Rhonda's and Miles have been among them. And it, through that program, we provide uh, technical assistance. We provide uh, annual grants that are designed to help them um, you know, for the future, but also to cultivate re- relationships with next generation, new farmers coming. So uh, this may get more in the weeds than you want, Elizabeth, but it gets to the point you're asking about. Um, we have a very uh, healthy relationship uh, with our direct farmers. We, It's a two-way street. Uh, they're talking to us all the time about their needs. Um, you know, some want to do more methane digestion. Some want to do more um, soil improvement or rotational grazing or fencing. And then with our technical assistance support, they're more profitable, and so... Um, I mean, we have farmers who make money with 20 cows. And, and one other small detail about this is that a farm, a 65-cow farm, that means that they have a little bit more time than they would have if they were milking 400 cows or 1,000, which means they can have diversified activities. They can have maple syrup. They can have uh, grow uh, grains. They can do other things for income. And so um, these are really model farms. Uh, Their models in terms of health, uh, by the way, their cows live twice as long as conventional cows. Uh, Their models in terms of soil health, they sequester far more carbon than do conventional farms. Their models in terms of nitrogen runoff, we know that um, organic farms, uh, most of the nutrients from manures do not run off. Literally, we have test wells on farms that show zero runoff, whereas conventional farm next door will be polluting. And so you've got a lot going on here, but mainly it's a model of a good, sustainable, economic viability. And, and, and you know, there's no really better example than, than the farmer you're talking to right now of that.
2: We joined the um, direct milk supply and consider Stonyfield a partner. Um, for us to join... Stonyfield has really high quality expectations and standards, and we've always strived to be that kind of farm. So for us, you know, there were choices who we could ship our milk to, but Stonyfield's reputation for only wanting the highest quality milk, what really convinced us that that's, that's the partner for us. Um, we currently milk 60 cows. Um, the the um, pay price for those 60 cows, we're making more money now than when we milked 120 cows conventionally. Now, it's not just about money for us either because part of, for us, having 60 cows means we get to know each cow a little better. Because we get a good pay price for us, it goes right back into our animal care and comfort, which again, cows are gonna produce quality milk
0: while many organic farmers are faring better than some of their conventional counterparts, Hirschberg says they still face significant risks because of the pandemic, and as such, could use help from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, including in the form of payments from direct assistance programs, at least at the same rate as conventional producers.
1: And there's a there's a problem here, uh, because at the moment, organic producers, um nationally uh, are, again, they're not doing, they're doing better, right, than the conventional for the reasons I mentioned, less food service disruption, but the dairy margin coverage program that the USDA uh, put together, which is USDA's general risk management program for dairy farmers, um, uh, when farmers, uh, you know, it's open each, you know, periodically for farmers to sign on. And, of course, obviously, um, you know, producers, farmers could not possibly have anticipated the risk of lots of the things, oil, fuel, uh, energy, truckers, shipping, uh, incoming goods. Uh, you, you know, Rhonda can produce, can get by on Huge farms cannot. That's and right. And so, um, so they need to reopen. The USDA needs to reopen the sign-up for the dairy margin coverage program, because now farmers would take, a, obviously, a different look. They might have not wanted to, you know, get on the program before, but they sure want to now. And, you know, just I just want to be really clear. This is a risk management program, and the problem is that um, there's a whole series of these. USDA has a direct assistance program. For helping farmers right now, uh, you know, payment programs to make up for shortfalls, but organic farm producers are are typically excluded from those programs, and they need to be included. Uh, You know, Rhonda is again an exception here, Uh, but there's there's you know if there's if there are uh, you know if there's any reason that anybody can show out there that an organic farmer you know, the loss of their premium or the loss of their sales, you know, uh, is greater than conventional than someone should show me. But otherwise, those farmers are just as vulnerable as conventional. And so it's critical that the USDA design programs that work for all types and sizes of farmers and, you know, not just conventional huge commodity farms.
2: I'd like to add um, that... You know, we we ship our milk to Stonyfield. I mean, we're an organic dairy, and we ship our milk to Stonyfield. And at this time, Stonyfield is able to take our milk. But as Gary mentioned, that situation, it could change in the future. And we have lots of organic farm friends who are not as fortunate as we are. Their their pay price has been cut, you know, $5. We have a – I know of another farmer who – shipped his milk, and and was paid half of what he expected to get for that that milk for the month. So not all organic farmers are in great
0: shape. While organic dairy so far has held its own during the pandemic, the threat of an economic downturn looms large over the organic industry as a whole. And while Hershberg acknowledges that the premium price of many organic products likely will be harder for underemployed or unemployed shoppers to reach, he also believes that the category's health proposition could help buoy the segment.
1: To level set, cheap food is not cheap. You, it may be cheap at the cash register, but when you tally the environmental consequences of, say, nitrification of our Great Lakes and our rivers, uh, you tally the toxic uh, consequences of people getting sick, uh, you realize that you may not be paying for it right there, but you're paying for it somewhere with farm worker health, with all kinds of other social costs. So we need to recognize that uh, sometimes uh, it may feel or seem cheap in the short run, but uh, but it may be actually the more expensive thing to do to not be buying organic. And I say that because, to your point, you know that may be all well and good, right? But when your paycheck is cut or you're worried. About uh, getting back, you're not getting back to full-time work or job insecurity. And you know, they say 20 percent of, 80 uh, percent of restaurants in this country may not reopen at all. Uh, then you know, you're down to pennies, right? But again, I would say to you that what's the most uncontrollable cost that most households, most people have? What's the number one political issue, this election? It's healthcare costs, and. Um, Again, preventative health care is so much cheaper. So what I see happening right now because of the COVID crisis is that, um, you know, Stonyfield has about a million and a half moms who are our core consumer. Uh, that's a universe of about 5 million uh, moms who uh, consider themselves health devotees and about 26 million moms who, who consider themselves wellness shoppers right who isn't going to want to you know buy wellness products for their kids we what has happened to us in simple terms in the last month and a half is that 1.5 million has become more like 3 million the bubble has suddenly gotten bigger whether you're in organic dairy or rice or whatever and like i said a few minutes ago you may or may not be able to buy everything in your shopping basket organic but when you pay attention to the facts and you're absolutely driven to take care of your family, you're probably going to uh, make certain choices about certain items that you absolutely are going to have on that table. It happens that I think yogurt is among them. You may cut back on meat or beef a bit uh, or you know, eat it uh, more like other cultures do as more of a a uh, condiment or part of the meal, not the whole meal, you might go more vegetarian. But but the bubble has gotten bigger and, and I don't see it. You know, it may it may fall back a bit in a recession. But because again, the number one concern for people is taking care of themselves and their families.
0: And with that we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.